So I hope that it's helped you. This morning as we end this series, I want to preach a message entitled, Finish Strong. And as I was preparing, uh, I was reminded of Lily's softball team. And uh, many of the girls on the team, this is their first year playing. And uh, when they're running the first base, they have a habit. Any of you coach ball, you know what I'm about to say. They begin to slow down before they get to the base. They run, they hit the ball, and boy, they're running, 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 running. But they, as soon as they get, they start, and they'll finally get to the bag. And many times, some are watching the ball, seeing where the ball's at, and it slows them down. Sometimes they don't hit it far and they automatically think, well, they're going to get me out and they slow down. And sometimes they just slow down. Many of the outs have simply been because they didn't run through the bag. They stopped. But as I was thinking about that and preparing and had a lot on my mind and praying and God was showing this to me in the scriptures. Many people today are called out simply because they quit running to the bag. You see, in our lives, we've got a race to run. And many a gravestones could read, died at age 45, buried at 75. Many people die long before they take their last breath. There's a country song that says this, sometimes you're living and sometimes you're breathing. Many people simply stop living along the way of their life. They no longer seek all the joy and the purpose and the pleasure that still is available to them. After a certain age, some people figure life is over for them and they feel they simply have nothing else to live for. Maybe it was a certain event in the life of a person that kills them. I've seen good, good men and I've seen good women alike that go through a bad divorce and all of a sudden the, uh, the, the, the man may feel like he can't do anything for the Lord anymore. That's a lie straight out of the pits of hell this morning. And I've seen women that feel like, preacher, I've been through a divorce. There's nothing that I can offer the Lord anymore. Can I tell you, that's a straight lie out of the pits of hell this morning. Sometimes an event in a person's life will kill them before they're dead. And sometimes it's just a mistake. How many of you have ever made a mistake before? Lift your hand. If you made a mistake before, lift your hand. What about a really big one? Lift your hand. Look around. Everybody's got a hand up this morning. In other words, don't be throwing rocks if you live in a glass house. We've all made mistakes. And sometimes, even inside the body of Christ, a mistake that is made will kill a person because everybody in the world wants to throw a rock at them. Listen, folks, uh, we're going to make mistakes in this life. The church is a place that where we build one another up, we help one another, and we love one another. And if they're in the mud, we need to get them out. God to clean them if we'll get them out. But sometimes there's a mistake in a person's life, and it kills them way before they die. And sometimes it's just an accident. An accident that it may be an accident that hurts the body. It may be an accident like a, you, you can't do what you used to do. I've known people that have been in car wrecks and you know people that have been in the military and they've gotten hurt physically so they can't do what they used to do and then it kills them. They die because they can't get back. It could be 
an accident in your life. Abraham had plenty of these moments. He had plenty of reasons to fade away. To fade into the backdrop and just die. When we get in the portion here that we're going, I want you to know that Sarah's going to die, his wife. After roughly 112 years of marriage, which is longer than most of us will live, he buries his wife in a newly purchased family tomb and he returns back to his nomadic tent city. He buries a wife that he's been with for 112 years. Can you imagine the loneliness in that bed for the first time? For the first few months, he probably grieves. And of course, he probably has a feeling like he wanted to die himself, I'm sure. It's not uncommon for a widow, a a partner at their death, uh, to, to feel that way. But understand this morning that God's will for all of us throughout our entire lives, no matter what difficulties or no matter what setbacks we face, God's purpose and plan and hope for us is that we'll live each day to the fullest. We'll live it for the glory of God. With that being said this morning, my goal is simply to encourage you to finish strong in whatever portion of life that you're in. You may be a new Christian. I encourage you to finish the race. You may be in the race for a long time. I encourage you to keep running. Run your race that God's given you. Run it to the very best of your ability. Run it the hardest you can. And do not slow down. Understand the body of Christ is hurt when we slow down. With one person slowing down, it, 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 you don't know how much uh, of an effort or, or how much stress is put on the rest of the body when one body member slows down. Somebody's got to fill the spot. Somebody's got to do it. We, we got to rush around on Sunday morning trying to put people here, there. Why? Because somebody slowed down. Not only that, the moment you slow down, the devil is waiting to get you out. <laughs> you see, many times, just like those girls playing ball, they slow down, they get out. Many times when you and I, if we begin to slow down, the devil will use that against you. Even the very best of intentions intentions can become disasters when we lose our focus and we slow down. So let's get into the message and end this series today. Genesis chapter 25, verse number 7. If I could get you to stand and reverence God this morning, stretch your legs for a minute. 25, verse number 7. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived. 175 years. Then Abram, Abraham, he, he breathed his last and he died in good old age. An old man full of years and was gathered to his people and his son Isaac and here's Ishmael they buried him in the cave of which is before Mirah in the field of Ephron the son of Zohar the Hittite the field which Abram, Abraham purchased from the sons of Heath There Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. 
And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt there. It matters how you finish this morning. It matters how you finish your race. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your word. It's anointing. It's powerful. But God, I'm weak and need strength. I ask for the Holy Spirit to captivate this service with its presence. Speak to hearts. Change lives. Lord, remove me. Put yourself in my presence that the people may hear from you and not from me. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for loving me. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You be seated in the presence of God this morning. Someone said and this quote, and I absolutely agree and love it, starting strong is not that difficult, but staying strong and finishing strong is a different story. Amen. Can I say that I would 100% agree that many good intentions are made and many times we start out extremely strong. We're excited where new things are happening. I can remember, oh, I'm about to... I can remember when we first come here two years ago, people that hadn't been in in, in the church in years, they was on the roll books, but they probably hadn't been here in years. And boy, they were excited and they were coming and they were back in church. It didn't take long for the honeymoon to wear off. And they were right back out into the world, uh, but yet they, uh, 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 they were excited something new was taking place. Many times it's easy to start out strong, but it's how you last that matters. The end of Abraham's life here in Genesis 25. Now there's been some things that have that happened since we last met that I want to catch you up on. First of all, Sarah, his wife, she died, okay? Abraham, uh, Abraham also has made his oldest servant swear that Isaac would not take a, a Canaanite wife. As a matter of fact, there's, there's tons of sermons wrapped around those two events. His wife dying and then him, uh, him uh, making his servant swear, do not let Isaac take a Canaanite wife, take him back, take him, he's going to... Don't let him marry one of those. Boy, help me. They need some more daddies today that's going to say, don't let him marry one of those women. Don't let him marry a Canaanite. Of course, his servant swears to Abraham he will. Not only that, but Abraham is going to remarry. He remarries. We don't know exactly how long this happened after Sarah's death, but probably a few years. Even at Abraham's age, God had some new experiences for him and a few surprises. <laughs> he remarried. I'll tell you what happens after he remarries. He remarries, uh, and I, I'm guessing that he didn't think that he would have any more kids, but then one day... His new wife comes to him and says, guess what? You're going to be a daddy again. Uh, he may have thought that he's well beyond years of bringing children into the world. But guess what? He has a baby. Then several months later, she utters the words a second time. You're going to be a daddy again, Abraham. And... uh in his second marriage, he's going to hear these words six more times, or, or four more times. He's going to have six kids with his second marriage, well over a hundred. Abraham had never experienced this before. Matter of fact, uh, he, he and Sarah struggled to have Isaac. If you recall those, and this must have been a joyful uh, change that took place. But it's hard to picture someone over a hundred... Uh, 140 
surrounded by preschoolers at this time, but that's where Abraham's at. Regardless of, 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 of the many details that are left out of the story here, it's clear that Abraham continued to live a full life is what I'm getting at. Okay, he, 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 he began to, 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 to watch a whole second family sprout, grow, bloom, and then bear fruit themselves. Now, that may not be what you or I might want to think about our later years, but Abraham embraced it, and it should cause us to wonder what surprises God may have for you and I in the future when we look at Abraham's life here. So as his life continues, when we get to verse 5 and 6 there, uh, it says that Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. While Abraham continued to live, he didn't let his second life take away from his first life. What I mean by that is Isaac was the promised son, the one whom God said would be the sole heir of his covenant, the one in whom the Hebrew nation would be born. And Abraham left everything that he had to Isaac. Even though Abraham uh, left all that he had, I want you to know this, he also made sure that he took care of the rest of his family financially as well and gave them the ability to start their families. And that's a wise, wise, uh, wise to do. Uh, to take care of our families when we're gone. Now, we come to the end of Abraham's life here, and the Bible says in, in verse number 8, Then Abraham, he breathed his last, and, and he died in good old age, and an old man full of years, and was gathered to his people. When you do the math, we see that Abraham lived 38 years after the, after the death of Sarah. And the Bible says that he died a good old age, a man full of years. And that Hebrew word there translated full, it means that it was full and satisfied. So Abraham died with a smile, full of years, full of satisfaction, and full of contentment. Abraham truly made the most of the days on earth and he honored God with his life, with his resources, with everything that he had, he honored the Lord in him. And verse number eight tells us that in his death, he was gathered to his people. And what I want you to see and what I want you to understand this morning is this. This verse is telling us that as Abraham has journeyed, as Abraham has been through valleys, he's sat on mountaintops, he's cried and he's laughed, he's been full of faith, at times he's been running on empty, but at the end of his life, he had every promise that God made him by his side. He was gathered with his people. What I'm trying to say to you this morning is this, when you run your race and you finish strong, everything that God has told you that's going to happen in your life, throughout your life. It may be on your deathbed, but God will grant it. He was gathered to his people. You had to understand he left his people. But God has something completely new for him. And he was gathered there. The promise... God is faithful. And what I want you to see today is that what God has promised will come to pass in due season. It will come to pass in due season. That promise or that word or that revelation or that dream that God has spoke to you about it will happen because we serve a God uh, that is a God that does not go back on His Word. He is faithful unto the very end. He was gathered to His people and Abraham finished strong. I want to give you a few little things this morning and then I'm done about finishing strong. So number one, if you're taking notes with me, understand this. In order for you to finish strong in the future, 
It means you've got to start today. In order for you to finish strong in the future, you've got to start today. Abraham had a starting point when he was 75 years old. He had a time that God called him, a a time that God spoke to him and said, Abraham, I want you to come out. I want you to follow me. If if you step and walk in faith, I'll be your God. Wherever your foot hits, I will bless it. And ever those that curse you, I will curse them. If you will just start with me right now. Can I say this morning, there's people that's in this building today. There's some that's watching online today and you need to start your walk with God. You need. I'm not telling you you need to come to church. I'm not telling you you need to be a member of the church. I'm telling you, you need to start your walk with God. You can sign a membership role. You can come to church every Sunday and never walk with God. And I believe that God is calling so many today in the last days in which we live. We see our world going to hell in a handbasket. Some of us, we need to start our walk. Time's running out. So let me ask, what's God calling you to today? What's God been calling you to? See, maybe you're here today and God's calling you to salvation. Listen this morning. Just maybe you would say, Preacher, I've been in church for a long time, but I've, I've, I've never felt God calling me to be saved as I do right now. Maybe you would say that you thought you were saved at a young age. Maybe you cried a little bit at an altar of prayer. Maybe you repeated a a, a prayer after somebody. But maybe you would say, Preacher, I'm just not sure where I'm at. uh, But I know this. I feel like God is calling me in my heart to be saved. Uh, Let me confirm in your spirit today. If God's calling you to a place of repentance unto salvation, I don't care how long you've been in church. Uh, I don't care how much you know about the Bible. I don't care how little you know about the Bible. Just come to Jesus. Start your walk with Him. Start your walk with Him. Well, I used to go to church with Grandma. Grandma is gone on to glory, and you can't go to heaven on Grandma's coattail. Please start your walk with God today. Someone said, Preacher, I feel like something's pulling me and something's tugging me. I'm just trying to help you this morning. God's trying to get your attention. Don't look at me. Look at the cross. Look at Jesus. He's the one that's pulling. He's the one that's in your heart and he's tugging and he's trying to get you to start your walk with him. But I'm a good person. You're just good enough to go to hell without Jesus. I'm sorry, but preacher, you don't understand. I give and I do. None of that matters. None of that matters. If you've not been born of the Spirit of God, none of that matters. You know why people go to hell this morning? It's not because God doesn't love them. It's not because they don't do good deeds. We need new carpet. I'll let you put it in if that's a good deed you want to do, but it won't get you into heaven. It will not do it. People go to hell because they're unsaved. Simple and as pretty as I can put it. They've never come to a time where they repent of the things that they've wronged God in doing and come to Him believing and accepting the blood of Jesus and asking God to save them. Maybe God's calling you to start your walk today. You say, preacher, you don't know how many times I failed. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter. Well, the church down, I don't care what the church down the street said. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. 
You know how many times I failed? Endless number. I can't count all the times I failed. And if you're a believer long enough, you're going to fail. And if you live long enough, you're going to fall short. And you're going you're gonna to feel like, God, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do it. But guess what? There's never a time that he looks away and says, I don't love you. There's never a time that he looks away and says, I didn't die for you. Understand me this morning. He loves you. He died for you. And he's waiting for the church, his church. He said he would build his church. He didn't say he would build a church. He said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. And today, God is calling some people to start their walk with him. Not asking you to walk with me. Not asking you to walk with Calvary. I'm asking you to walk with God. You need me to tell you why? Because I will fail you. I will fail you. And this church will fail you. But Jesus will not fail you. Jesus will always stand faithful beside you. Now, I won't mean to hurt your feelings and I won't mean to fall short, but I'm just human. And the church won't mean to fall short, but they're just human. But understand me, there's a God that calls us all to snuggle up close to him. Maybe he's calling you to salvation today. He's calling you to finish or to start your walk with him so that you can finish strong in the future. Maybe he's calling you to a place of sanctification. Maybe he's calling you to a place of separation. Maybe there's just some things in your life that God's calling you to give up today. Maybe you've been saved. You say, preacher, I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that I know that I've saved. But maybe God's just calling you to give up some stuff in your life. You know what gets in the body of Christ's way? Stuff. Stuff gets in the way. Now, I'm fit to be tied right about now. And I am trying to bite it off as close as I can without hurting feelings. But I will tell you one thing that absolutely begins to get under my skin. And that is for no reason at all, folks, just start laying at church. Amen. No reason at all. Yeah. Just none at all. They just, they just, they just decide they ain't going to come. Now I'm trying to be nice. Maybe God's just calling us to give up some of our stuff. Maybe sometimes we're letting stuff get in the way of what God's wanting to do with our lives. And it starts today. If we're going to finish strong in the future, we've got to start separating ourselves. Whatever it may be this morning. Maybe you just have to finish strong. If you're going to finish strong, you're going to have to start somewhere. You've got to start. Finish strong in the future starts today. But number two this morning. Finish strong in the future requires us to surrender to his lordship today. Throughout Abraham's life, we find him surrendering, 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 surrendering. All the way to last week when God said, I want you to surrender your son. I want you to give him back to me. In order for us to finish this race strong, we're going to have to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. We're going to have to let him be Lord of our lives. I told my wife this last night. She was at work. She was texting on her break or whatever. And I want to tell somebody here this morning the same thing. If something makes you that miserable, it cannot be from God. If something makes you that miserable, it can. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you're nobody's in this morning. OK, I haven't been reading your newspaper. I haven't been staring in your windows. But I'm going to tell you this. If it makes you that miserable, it cannot be from God. 
So we've got to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. You see, when I'm, oh, when I surrender it to Jesus, there's joy in surrenderance because I know the one who I am surrendering to. There's purpose in surrenderance. When I surrender my things over to Jesus, I know it's for the glory of God that He's going to use it for His glory. It's not going to be about me. It's going to be about Him. I know it's going to be about God when I surrender it to Him. In order for us to finish strong, we've got to be willing to surrender the things over today, over to Him. Finishing strong requires us to surrender. But finishing strong in the future means, number three, it means giving all our assets to accomplish His purpose. It means giving all of our assets to accomplish His purpose. What do you mean, preacher? Well, I'm here to tell you. This is what I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not asking you for nothing. So don't ever think, well, the preacher's talking about me. I need to sign stuff over to the church. Nope, the preacher didn't say that. I said to give your ass, to divide your assets over to his purpose. In other words, what God has blessed you with, it ain't for you. Amen. It's for to be used by you in his kingdom. I'm going to say that again because the other side didn't hear me. <laughs> what God's blessed you with, it's not about you. It's about, it's about him. And it's about you using those things to accomplish the purpose in his kingdom. It's about building his kingdom. In other words, that singing talent, it ain't for you to sing in the shower. It is to be blessed in the church. Hallelujah. That teaching a talent you got, it, God didn't give it to you uh, just for you to sit behind somewhere. He gave it to you to build the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, that talent you got, uh, oh, whether it be plumbing, whether it be electrical, whether it be whatever, God gave it to you for a sole purpose uh, to build the kingdom of heaven. Boy, I got some folks around I'm real thankful for. Them youngins back there, they got them TVs going right now. They're excited back there. We can, we can, we can live stream the uh, services back there for the workers now. They're excited. Everybody's happy. Didn't cost a dime. Why? Because we got kingdom men that are working behind the scenes. They're using their talents for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's why. Hallelujah. Our assets, the things that God's blessed us with, uh, He has blessed us uh, so that we can build the kingdom of God. Uh, use the things that God has given you for His purpose. If you're going to finish strong, you've got to do that. Everywhere Abram went, God blessed. And Abraham always walked with a kingdom purpose. At the end of his life, it doesn't say that he had mansions and money falling out of his pocket, but he set a kingdom purpose. Keep going. Number five, number four. If you're going to finish strong in the future... It requires pouring your life into the lives of others today. Abraham poured his life into somebody else. He poured his life into others. Church, we need to pour our lives into others. I was, I was, and, and I, I'm not going to call the names because that would just be wrong. But I, someone had asked about a, a church in a, in a certain area. They just moved there. They said, uh, I'm looking for a good church. Just moved to this area. And I, I just happened to come across it. And I wanted to see what the area had to say about their churches. So I just nosied right on in that thing. <laughs> and this is what I, I, over and over and over and over, I heard this. Over and over, over and over and over, I heard this. 
go to this church because this church right here has fantastic children ministries. I heard that. There was 300 something comments and I bet you a hundred of them said that. But then I come across just a few that, 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 that just bless me. Just bless me. This is what it said. Go to this church. We welcome you to come with us. Go to this church. This church pours into your life. That blessed me. Because I need some people that will pour into my life. I need to be a part of some people that will pour into my life. You see, church... I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but churches are a dime a dozen. You can find a building on every corner. But I need to go somewhere where some people are going to pour into my life to help my life. And then I can pour into their life and hopefully I can help their life. I can go somewhere and have a fantastic concert. I can go somewhere and, 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 and I'm not against the lights and I'm not against the, 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 the big screens and I'm not against the music. I'm not against the comfortability in their preaching. I'm not against any of that. But I need to go somewhere where some people are going to pour into me and help me to grow. That way I can pour into somebody and help them grow. You see, this is the stages of life. You, you, you need somebody mentoring you while you're mentoring somebody. That's the way this thing works. And I need to pour. Look, if we're going to finish strong, somebody needs you to pour into them. And listen to me, some of you that's been saved for a while, some of these younger ones, we need you pouring into them. If we're going to finish strong, we've got to pour into each other. Five and if we're going to finish strong, it's going to require us to put our past in the rearview mirror. Put our past in the rearview mirror. So many people let the past kill them. They just let it kill them. Well, you don't understand, preacher. This happened in my past. I said earlier, I don't have to know what happened in your past. Because I know the one that went to the cross and died for your past. He died in your place. He died in my place. And some of us never start because we are hung up with what happened yesterday. Listen, honey, you can't change yesterday. But you can change today. How do I apply any of this, preacher? I feel like you rambled. Well, here I'm going to ramble just a little bit more and I'm done. When I look at Abraham's life, this is what I find. He finished strong because he obeyed the voice of God. It was. Faith that caused Abraham to obey. In other words, if we say we believe it and we don't walk in it, we call ourselves a liar. If you believe that prayer changes things, but you don't pray, you're a liar. If you believe in the prayer of the faith for a healing and you don't come to be anointed, you know what? You don't believe it. Abraham was successful simply because he obeyed God. What is God asking you to do today? What is he asking you to do? Maybe you need to give some stuff up. Maybe you just need to lay it on the altar and say, God, I'm giving this problem over to you. I invite you into it. It's yours. I'm not staying up crying no more. I'm giving it to you. Abraham just obeyed God. He just obeyed him. If you're going to finish strong, you're going to have to obey. Abraham obeyed, but watch this. What God promised Abraham, Abraham believed. 
what I'm so, I'm so proud of being a part of this church. I'm telling you why I'm so proud of it. Because I remember when I walked through the doors and I first accepted the pastorate here. And we had a handful of folks. And I had just turned down a full salary package and all of that. And I thought to myself, I don't know what I done got myself into, Lord. And we had a building payment and all this other stuff going on. But then within the first, I don't remember what it was, month I was here, God paid the building off. Just like that. And other things started happening and God started adding to the church. And I was able in a, in a few short years to go full time. I am proud of what God is doing right here at this place. You know why? Because maybe I'm silly, but I'm just silly enough to believe the promise that God showed me the day that me and Mike Fleming sat right in that corner. I'll never forget that corner right there. We had a conversation and God began to reveal things to me that he was going to do in this house with these people. And I'm just silly enough to believe God that he's going to do a great work. If we're going to finish strong, be like Abraham. We got to believe what God has promised. Abraham, when he was tested, he was found trusted. When he was tested throughout his life, he was found to trust God. It was faith. That Abram offered Isaac. And finally, and I, I promise you I'm done right here. When he was blessed, he shared it. Abraham did not hoard up his blessings. He shared the blessings of God. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes and we covered his mistakes. I want to challenge you today, tonight, this morning, and, and, and wherever God's leading you, would you please follow Him? Preacher, I feel like God may be pulling, pulling me here. I, I, praise God. I know God's going God's to pull people here. It's what God does. He's, he's already told me. He's promised me, and I, I, I believe Him. Wherever God leads you to do, please follow Him. Whatever promises God makes you, please believe Him. Please believe Him. Whenever God tests you, please trust Him. Please trust Him. Preacher, I'm going through the worst time in my life. Just trust God. Just trust Him. All of these things are going to work out. Just trust Him. And however God blesses you, share them. Share them. These four things summarize Abraham's whole formula for success, if you will. As we stand this morning, get a song of invitation. Abraham's story is your story and it's my story. In our own way, each of us is a pilgrim here on earth. This is not our home. We're traveling through. Like this great man of faith, we've been called on a great spiritual journey with God. All of us have been called on a spiritual journey. You see, getting saved is just the beginning. You've got a whole life that God is wanting to use. Like Abraham, we will be declared righteous on the basis of the one that we trust. 
In other words, if you trust the things of this world, you'll have the judgment of the things of this world. But if you trust the one that hung on the cross for you, shed his blood, you'll be declared righteous. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. Like Abraham, I challenge you and challenge myself to walk by faith, trusting in all of God's promises that our journey is going to be blessed and at the end of it, just like this great man of faith, I hope that each and every one of us can be gathered to our people full and satisfied and have the peace of God living within us because we finished strong. How are you going to finish this morning? Father, we come to you this morning in prayer and thanks and giving you glory. God, I thank you for these, my friends, that's gathered in this place today. Lord, I pray today that you would just bless in this invitational call. Lord Jesus, that you would speak to hearts. And God, maybe there's some here that today is a day we need to start our walk with them. Lord, they need to come to you for salvation. Some need to come to you for separation, sanctification. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that we would finish strong. Speak to your people, God. Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you would search my heart. Maybe there's things in my life I need to get out of the way. Search me, O oh God. Take me, make me, break me, and let me be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You got a need this morning. You come.